Hi, welcome back to Chris Dyer's Creative Friends, the super awesome podcast YouTube show where me, your artist friend Chris Dyer, talks to all his awesome artistic friends. Today, I'm in the beautiful town of Ukiah in the north of California. I'm out here painting some murals for different clients. And while I'm out here, I'm gonna be visiting my artist friend, Roman Viagrana, who's a legendary visionary artist, amazing person, very inspiring, with lots of beautiful stories and memories and art and vibes to share with us. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Woo! Roman! How you doing, my brethren? Doing really good. Nice to see you, my friend. Yeah! What an amazing uh, thing. Yeah, thanks for having me over your beautiful mountain cabin in the mountains of Ukiah. How is it out here? It's uh, amazing to have the space uh, away from everything. Mm -hmm. It's uh, really hot. Um, <laughs> We're a little bit sweaty right now, but mm -hmm. it's not too bad. Yeah, today is not too bad. I prefer it hot than cold. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and you're from Seattle, right? Yeah. That's where you grew well, up or uh, that's where you lived most of your mm, life? I would say my real growing up as an adult. Okay. Uh, but I, my uh, growing up was in Oregon. Oh, no way. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but in Seattle and Oregon in general, it's a little bit colder. Yeah. Certainly well, more rainier, uh, right? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Here, not so much? A little bit? Not here. Yeah. Yeah. But I also lived in Humboldt for a while and it gets a little, oh, it has slowed down a lot as far as rain, but. Okay. How is living here in uh, the NorCal area, like both for living and for the art scene? Well, I came down here because of all of that. Um, uh, I moved down here because of the reggae festivals and other festival art festivals and the cannabis industry. And the cannabis industry was always very supportive to my art. Um, so. I, on one level, there's been like a, a, a high flow and that lasted for many years. And in the last few years of the legalization of cannabis, it really was interesting to witness, even though with my hardcore homies in that industry, I always knew that that time was coming. Mm. Uh, even though it was just maybe talked about uh, or theorized, but it actually happened. So uh, it's been interesting to witness that that thing happen. Ironic that the legalization of weed, which you think would be like, okay, now society says that everybody can smoke and it's cool. You'd think more people would be smoking and more money would go mm. to the weed growers. But instead, what Babylon took over and squashed right. the, the roots people who were doing it in the underground. No? Well, right off the bat, we can get into one of the main things uh, that I think about is uh, as artists. I feel like um, it's it's our duty to step up and represent, um, you know, for creation's sake in itself. But uh, cannabis is uh, a viable uh, venue for uh, bringing our vision forth. And if it is, if the artists don't speak up um, about it, the corporations will seem to be the ones in charge of the overall vibe or vision. And I see that happening, or I even see the, the Roots people even becoming uh, uh, commercialized uh, in a certain way. But that's where I feel like um, us as artists have to, um, you know, take the role to express the vision of our community. 
because if we're not going to do it, then like I said, it's more of a, a commercialized um, commercial. Right. Well, I'd say like uh, I definitely come here once a year to the NorCal area to paint murals and 100% of all my clients are like weed industry people, but not the mainstream cookie cutter people that just want to make the money and don't want to give back to the culture. But the people who are actually illegal for, you know, decades, you know, risking it all to bring the medicine to the people and yeah, make some profit too. But they were using that profit to empower us trippy artists, artists that worked with medicines. And uh, yeah, I always enjoyed those uh, clients these days that the economy is kind of not doing that great and giving them deals. Let's keep the ball rolling and let's hope that they can withstand this storm so that we can all come back up together. But that's exactly right. I think it's uh, us artists that are given an opportunity to speak up um, for the industry and uh, not to try and make money off of it, but to not forget where we're coming from. Mm -hmm. Because where we're coming from is uh, um, a creative, rebellious spirit um, that's very essential to growing uh, as a human being. Uh, many of us, uh, you know, rebelled against what we were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and we noticed that the people that fell for that um, that trick are not happy um, in general. And obviously we can see the repercussions through our universe of the sadness uh, of the world. And then there's um, us visionary artists, for sake of a better word, people with vision, um, that no matter uh, um, at what level they may be at, uh, there's a positive light coming from these folks. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something to, to pay attention to. Totally. And cannabis has um, um, woven a lot of these communities together and mm -hmm. people together. <laughs> Your kitty is playing with the GoPro. Yeah, totally. But yeah, big ups to all you growers and farmers out there. We love you. Thank you for your support over the years. We know you will make it. We're out here doing some art and... Uh, yeah, let's keep it going. Let's keep the, the real vibes uh, growing out here in nature. For the yes, we're, we're in it together. That's the, the thing. In the beginning, we uh, recognized that the earth was speaking through us, speaking through the cannabis to uh, weave us together and give us a, a tool to um, communicate with each other. And that's exactly what has happened. Mm -hmm. And it can still happen. And that's what I see in the, in the future of this is uh, entertainment um, because the, there's the alcohol-influenced uh, blueprint regarding clubs and music uh, shows and such. And now with cannabis becoming more uh, uh, legal and accepted, it has uh, uh, an opportunity to redesign the social interacting uh, situation. And that's an amazing thing because it's all more of a family vibe, more of a sharing vibe. Um, yeah, hopefully, because, you know, weed well, can be taken in any direction. Weed can be taken into like, ooh, I'm smoking weed and I'm so gangsta and so illegal. And now that's not illegal. It's like, well, I'm just going to take so much dabs that you shall fear me for my tolerance. <laughs> well, but it could also just be like, hey, let's smoke weed, vibe out. Let's get together and but feel But those people right. are vibing out anyway. It's yeah. like a, a, a situation that gave us a, a voice. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of it, uh, some people get silly. And, you know, that, that's the thing. We have to accept people to explore themselves and make some weird choices and, 
and still like be in the circle. Mm. Uh, I think that's a very important thing. Do you still smoke a lot of weed? I took a uh, over two year break uh, recently, and I oh. recently started smoking again. And um, um, I have a easy way of like stopping and not participating. Oh well, yeah. So that's some uh, strength, some discipline. It's easy. Okay, not to me. <laughs> it takes me a long time to smoke. I'm not smoking right now, but like, I had to work at it, you know, because I don't smoke, and then I'll smoke, and then I'll not smoke, and, and right now I'm on a period, and I still smoked a couple of days ago, but mm -hmm. it's just like the less you smoke, when I do smoke, it's like really not fun. Well, I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> sometimes. Um, You're what? I'm afraid. Afraid? Yeah, when I don't smoke, and I'm like, I feel like smoking, and I'm like... It's got to be in a very Whoa. comfortable place. <laughs> I'm not doing it in public. If not, I'm going to be a mess. Um, but I do need my breaks. Well, I need I, to I, I regain can... my consciousness and know the center of it all. I'm getting to that point where I can recognize it uh, as a tool. And it, it, it never fails. Yeah, when you do use it with consciousness and intention, it's such a great medicine. Well, in the beginning, I, um, uh, I never did any drugs growing up. Uh, I only... Uh, I, I, dropped acid first before smoking weed mm. uh, as a 21-year-old. Okay. Uh, and then I started smoking weed. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I, I, I was feeling the connectedness, and there was a lot of lessons coming from shared people and stuff like that. And um, uh, I kind of felt strange about it. And then I, I realized that, well, I want to, every, um, every hit I get, uh, I want to invoke presence. I want to give it as a prayer. And that's what led me to the Native American vibes a little bit. And I started understanding a little bit more of that. And so uh, I was really trying to, every talk I would take would be a prayer, but mm. that got really hard to do. Once you get into it and you're like, I just need to get high again. And then you just take it for granted. You're not present with it. It takes you in, into mental paths. Yeah, but that's that a part you... of it too. Because mm -hmm. I remember in the beginning, um, uh, like I was like, I'm going to take this toke for, uh, I'm going to offer this herb, bowl of herb to God. Mm -hmm. So my thing was like to offer it to God like this. Well, once I was like, so like, I want to offer this to God. And I went and put it in my mouth and I smoked it. And then I was like, wait a minute. I was offering it to God and I fucking took God's hit. Well, you are God. At I the know. End well, that, that was the beginning of it. Uh -huh. you know? Like to you and I speaking about that at this point, that's a, a given. Uh-huh. But when you were like, kind of, uh, I would say, egotistically being spiritual. Right. And then you egotistically take the bull and, and then you learn the lesson that how else is God going to take it? Uh -huh. You're the lungs that would take this offering. He needs and, your lungs. He needs your body in order to be in the physical exactly. realm in order to experience any experience, including smoking weed. So give it up well, to Including cigarettes in a weird way. And the weird way is that I was outside smoking a bowl and this guy goes outside to smoke a cigarette, you know, and I says, well, I want to smoke out here away from people. And then it, it dawned on me because I was in the zone at that moment. Like, uh, you can't get away from us. You can't sneak over there and smoke your cigarette thinking you're like keeping it away from us when your lungs are our lungs mm -hmm. totally so roman let's take it a little bit back to the to the past let's go back to some root styles um and i'll take it even further but i want to start by asking you uh do you remember 
when we first met, um, this is something I love to ask all my guests since all of my guests are like my actual friends. And I know it's a difficult question for some because it requires memory. <laughs> totally. Um, it's And it is jumbled up. And I don't know if I can necessarily... Um, I had to think about it myself. But, uh, I, got but I remember um, painting on stage at Reggae on the River. Yes. And seeing you down there. And you're like yeah. standing out. And I was like, uh, I recognize you out in the crowd. Because that was like, the MySpace days. Mm. And we probably were already friends. There's a, a, a yes, a connection of some sort. But, right. Uh, and I was like, oh, cool. That's that dude who airbrushes on stage while he's live painting to Junior Gong. I didn't see any live painters, really. It's certainly not a live painter up on a stage with Junior Gong. That was like a well, big deal. I, I've been live painting for a long time. But the reggae thing was a very interesting uh, story for me because... Um, um, I was um, wanting to make changes of my life and then I was at this festival and um, I wanted to be part of this thing because it was something I felt called for because, you know, Bob Marley's my, my chosen saint mm -hmm. and, um, uh, and I was thinking this is, this is what I am and the music was uh, uh, very influential in the communities I was involved with and then uh, I wanted to be... Um, I, I, I instantly had the idea. I want to paint on stage right now, so I went and you wanted uh, to be a performer. Yeah, and I, I went and at that moment. I was at uh, uh, Reggae on the River, mm -hmm. and then I went in like this uh, is what two thousand and five. I never paid attention, so I can't even tell. I think it was two thousand and five. That was my first Reggae on the River. It was maybe a uh, little bit, maybe you're a year probably before. Going, been going for years. Yeah, but my but first I, one that I saw you was two thousand and five. Well, when, when I first Satori did it, though, like um, nobody knew what I was talking about mm -hmm. as far as live painting. And then uh, um, I, I talked to somebody who says, yeah, you should go and uh, talk to somebody. And then I saw the uh, open door of backstage and I had the guts enough to just like step in there. And I went like, hey, I want to paint on stage. And then like um, they said, well, you got to talk to the stage manager. Uh -huh. I'm like, OK, so I find the stage manager. I'm like, oh, I want to paint on stage. I'm like, what? Uh, well, all I can tell you is the band that's coming on next, they're the boss. Yeah. And then I'm like, who hmm. was it? It was midnight. <gasps> and then, uh, I, I went like, I went and found this people. He was being interviewed by a newspaper. Okay. And then I was like, there, like, Hey, I want to paint on stage. And he was like, paint on stage. And then the, the interview. But Vaughn's super cool. I think he was he, open to it. No, he didn't know what the heck what was that. And then yeah. the person that was interviewing says, yeah, I have heard a little bit of painting and stuff. And yeah. he said, uh, I, I was lucky enough, and he said, sure. Great. Yeah. So with live painting with airbrush, what, you had to bring a whole tank and a machine that made, like, motor noises, or did you go with a brush? What was the dynamic with a band that probably wouldn't want a compressor on stage? Um, it's, uh, everything was always accepted. Nobody questioned it. There was a couple bands that questioned me. Uh-huh. Uh, like, uh, Bunny was Whaler questioned me, but he said, second set. Okay. But not the first set. And I was like, fucking That's awesome. That's so cool you painted with Bonnie Whaler. Uh, Buju Bantan, the list goes on and on. Tell me, there we go. Sizzla. Sizzla. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. What a special moment. So mid-2000s, for those who don't know, was like such a special moment for reggae music, you know, and California. I was lucky enough to be working for uh, Satori Movement and Creation Skateboards who were bringing me to California. Yeah. I was a big dreadhead. Mm -hmm. Roman was a big dreadhead. His girlfriend at the time, Jen was a big dreadhead. Everyone was a big dreadhead. And we're all into reggae. 
and there was Roman up on stage live painting like you'd never seen any before like what a legend and through meeting you guys out there and Ray on the River, Sierra Nevada, the Seattle Hempfest, uh, Tribe 13 invited me to the interdimensional art shows. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a little bit of a art history, a visionary art history class here because Roman's such a, an OG. But can you tell me a little bit of the roots of North American visionary art what is Tribe 13? What is the Interdimensional Art Show? And, you know, what was your involvement in all of that? Well, in a, I mean, it might sound egotistical to say up front. It's like it's something I created. Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't mean it like that because the, the, having it happen was through a, uh, a lot of believers. Mm -hmm. A lot of partners. Yeah, nothing really, happens by one, one person, totally. but sometimes you need that dreamer to come up with the ideas. But as an artist, it's really important to, to accept your role. Because uh, um, a lot of times, you, you know, one of the lessons that I get from collectives is uh, everybody wants to uh, rid the, the individual to be part of a collective. And I feel like that's so dangerous. You are a human being. You should be uh, accepted as such and you should be honored as such. So we have to, as artists, really honor ourselves with our originality and our creativity. Um, and the reason why I, I bring that up is because that is crucial to Tribe 13. Because to me, it comes from a, a, a vision that is transcendent to art. It's being a human. And it's, uh, Tribe 13, to me, is the Earth Tribe unified. And the, and the reason why 13 is the number is because we're separated into 12s. There's 12 months of a, in a year. There's uh, 12 constellations. There's this... The 12 uh, tribes? There's the 12 tribes. Uh, our philosophies of humanity are based on 12s as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and the underlining th uh, center is the 13th, which in some cases would be the sun. Okay. Um, and to me, to... Because there was also the 12 planets at one point. At one point, yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't even matter. So what was Tri-14, a collective that you the, and well, Jen Ingram created? Well, first of all, uh, I, I want to take it back first. Yeah. Okay. And uh, to me, it's a universal thing. Um, that's where it's coming from. Okay. The seed is that we're here to unify the planet as one tribe. And that's the 13th tribe. And, uh, and how we become this tribe is through self-initiation. No one can initiate you. No one can accept you into this tribe. It's something that you have to initiate yourself into this tribe. And the only thing that you have to do is express yourself. Mm -hmm. Through the expression of, expression of yourself coming from the center out, that is your initiation. Mm. Uh, and why this is important is because all the problems in the world are from people judging themselves to the external, which is the first mistake that we can ever do. Because we are not anything compared to the external world. We are all very unique individuals, and we really have to honor that uniqueness. And that's why I made a, a, a point to bring that up. Uh, that is the seed of Tribe 13 is that. Now, Individuality. Yes. Uh, and which creates a unity because we're all uh, different. Right. Individuality, but also unity of the collective. Totally. Right. With the 13 at the center. Uh, regarding the space. Uh-huh. So this was the vision behind Tri-14. Where did you get this vision? Meditation, many years of meditating, many years of uh, research through uh, open, uh, many years of opening, uh, putting myself out into the world and receiving um, 
uh, random experiences that I would put myself into. Uh, one of the random memories that I have right now is I would um, do psychedelics and then I would do what, like everybody told me not to do once I moved to the big city, don't go out by yourself, don't go out at night, don't do all these things. Mm -hmm. And I did that. Um, and uh, the, up in Seattle, there was like these uh, Native Americans always bumming money on the, on the street. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, always curious about that. So I put myself right next to them because I'm like, I'm not breaking any laws. And it took a lot of guts because these are huge, drunk individuals. And then and I, I remember a couple of them like, what are you doing here? And then uh, a couple others defending like, hey, he's not doing anything wrong. He can sit here all he wants. And I would just trip out and like uh, experience life from their perspective. And So you would do acid and go and hang out with Native Americans in the street? Yeah. Uh, well, one of the many things I would do. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yes, I would do that um, just to see a different perspective. And the things that I would learn was uh, immense. Right. Beautiful. So let's go back to Try for Teen. So what was what did Try for Teen become? Because Try for Teen still be uh, exists okay. today. It's run by Jen, your, uh, Jen Ingram, your ex-girlfriend and mother of two of your children. Uh, what was it at the beginning when it became a collective? Because you guys pretty much started like the visionary art movement and events in Seattle and later in uh, festival galleries around uh, North America, right? And even internationally, wasn't it in Boom Festival too? Yes, it has grown and I got to get a lot of credit to Jen Ingram for that. Mm -hmm. She's definitely like carried on the torch on that. Um, uh, Tribe 13 to me uh, is part of my mission and part of, of the way to uh, dis uh, dispensate a lot of um, uh, reflection to uh, artists. My whole point was to create uh, this thing to uh, express and attract uh, like-minded individuals so we could help each other uh, create, basically. Mm -hmm. That's where the idea comes from. But Just get, like, spiritual artists together. Yes, but, you know, um, everybody always wants a story. So I was uh, uh, creating a story, a narrative, uh, to attract these individuals. And I'll, uh, part of the narrative was, uh, like, our um, rituals were, like, cannabis and psychedelics and music. And uh, even though uh, many people notice uh, live artists, and um, all-night psychedelic parties. Um, you know, we have to always remind each other that there was people that were fabricating this opportunity for us. You know, I can't take credit for all of it, obviously. Grateful Dead is a big part of it, and, and so on. Um, but as far as a, a visionary art movement here in North America, as your uh, primary question was, mm -hmm. uh, that was my point was to start a new movement of art because I've always wanted to be part of an art movement you know as an artist you're like oh I want to be part of a community is, that's yeah. like me but at the same time none of us want to be told what to do <laughs> it's very important to our our spirit mm. and uh, so I was thinking how can I like belong and be myself so that was part of the initial uh, questions I had to create these tribe 13 interdimensional art movement and these iconic uh, uh, representations of, of community mm -hmm. where I can be completely myself not judging uh, my art with someone else but still feel like I belong mm -hmm. and the interdimensional art shows were a yearly show in Seattle right yes 
the one that I joined you finally, because I had my art in them, I think as early as 2005, 2006, but I finally went to Seattle in 2008 and I stayed at your place. I think Lindy Kehoe was also staying that time. And that's when I first met Naya and Cyan, your, your son and daughter. Uh, Special times. Oh, so, so nice. And uh, that year, the main DJ was Tipper before he blew up. Like, what, how many people went to that show? Oh, like my God. 200? I was talking, um, uh, Jen was talking to the manager. Uh-huh. And I, I, I told him, tell him, we only have this much money. Uh-huh. And then she said, she told the manager and the manager says, you guys are fucking crazy. And then we got a call an hour later and says, uh, I just told Tipper that and he said he would do it. Okay. Because he didn't care about the money. Okay, because he was just trying to get up. He, well, no. Um, he was already pretty sought like, after. He had yeah. a, a, like, he, you know, like he deserved a certain amount. Right. But he believed in what we were doing. Uh-huh. That's why all of our things happened. People Sick. like believed what we were doing. Right. That's why you were there. Because it was about the art first, the music second, but the, the music would empower the art. Yeah, because right? I was always part of like um, um, raves or um, uh, from the beginning, early 90s and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I was even telling my, my producer friends um, that, you know, like the artists should have their name on the fucking flyer. Right, why not? And uh, they would almost laugh at me. And they were friends. Uh But they they couldn't conceive of a painter being on the flyer or whatever. Right. I'm going to show you guys. But the interdimensional art shows were about art first. All of it. All of it. Well, but with great music. That year, it was Tipper and Blue Tech and uh, a bunch of other great musicians of the time. Many people that started. That was 2008. But when did they start? 2008. I'm not a linear person, so I, I would even be scared to say what. Okay, but early 2000s, perhaps? Yes, for sure. And uh, at the beginning of the visionary art scene, what was a normal lineup? Like, there was only like 10 to 15. Like, who was on the interdimensional art shows? Oh, my God. We have Robert Venosa, Martina Hoffman, uh, Luke Brown. I don't even want to say. Carrie Thompson. Uh, Carrie Thompson. All of these uh, uh, very you, special people. You, of course. Um, Amanda was in Jay Europe. Garcia. Jay Garcia, probably and Chris have, Davidson. And Chris Davidson, of course. Oh my God, lovely. Um, yeah, like early, I, but Alex Gray wasn't Should, part of the shows till later, till Jay bought that painting, perhaps? No, before, but around right. that time. Jay is definitely a part of it. Mm-hmm. He was a crucial member of, of the vision crystallizing. So <clears> tell me, me about Jay. So we're talking about our friend Jason Susu Hemp, who's a Galactic Gang member, who gave a Galactic Gang NFT to Roman, so he's part of the gang now. Um, tell me about his participation. Tell me about his role empowering the early roots of the visionary, the North American visionary art scene in their early 2000s and mid 2000s. It's a very special story, and it's part of our uh, <clears throat> our reality. Um, you know, I've always been a believer in my vision, and I attract certain people. And uh, when he came into my life, he believed in what I was saying, and I believed in what he was saying. And our energies just meshed together, and we crystallized, and we created many things together. And uh, one of the main reasons why um, this whole well, that I was always making it happen. But when our energies combined, it went on to a new level. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he funded it, right? 
that's one aspect and that is a very crucial aspect a very important aspect and a very needed aspect and uh sometimes we're lacking that aspect so it's very easy to put credit onto that but no i think of his energy um he's a special dude yeah manifesting um uh crazy crazy in a sense of believing yeah with your heart and action mm -hmm. and uh when i experienced that uh reflection um it, it gave me a voice it gave me security to be able to speak my mind and people would listen because on one side of things you know we would just that kind of vibe we created things we created money we created this we created that and people get attracted to that so you get a lot of false energy and a lot of positive energy hmm. but nonetheless you got to recognize that you're in this uh, 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 voice so you have to not be too judgmental because people are learning too even when people come at you with a negative uh, uh, or reactive or sucking or whatever kind of energy, you have to recognize that their soul is being attracted to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that is the root of it. And uh, we've had to learn through that. And with him, it was those kind of lessons, very profound. But we had each other to talk about these kind of things. So which was much deeper than a material thing. But because we were so involved with each other on that level, uh, it involved magic on that level. Mm -hmm. So you had the interdimensional art shows happening for a bunch of years that you won't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, what some of the, the music festivals that visionary art started infiltrating? Because, you know, I, don't, I, I can't say that before Tri-14 there was no art galleries at music festivals, but certainly not visionary art. And We were pretty the first on a lot of levels. I don't want to say that either because, you know, Earth is an interesting thing. You right. always find out it's always been happening. Right. Um, you know, it's natural. Yeah. But, but what's some, uh, uh, what some of the art festivals you guys infiltrated? Well, like Earth Dance way? was one of the um, uh, crucial ones. Because, Earth Dance yeah. Seattle? Because it happens all over the place, right? The, the one over uh, at the hog farm and uh, Vanita. At first, it was happening in Vanita first, I think, when I, when I joined. California? Yeah, and I sold them on the idea uh, 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 on the gallery. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because uh, they, no, nobody knew what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. So then once I learned that nobody knew what I was talking about, then I, I, I took an authoritative voice mm -hmm. and said, this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. And people would open up their, like, all of a sudden we have a double booth by the, by the stage. Mm -hmm. Just by, like, taking the guts to say something, you know? It's like, this is an art movement that should be in relationship to yeah. these music festivals you guys totally, are putting on. yes. And finally it started catching a little bit. It caught on instantly. Okay. Because um, people uh, really liked it. Well, I learned the language uh, of uh, because if you're a producer, you want people to have an experience. So then you start knowing that kind of language, saying this is what we provide. We provide a multi-dimensional experience for your for your people. We we create value. We mm -hmm. are artists, and all that. Nice. So during that time that uh, Jay was helping or collaborating with you and kind of like helping the visionary scene get like some kind of mo uh, momentum, I, mm -hmm. I remember he bought up original Alex Gray painting oh, yes. and he also sent you guys, I guess like the top 10 or five visionary artists to Spain to learn 
under Robert Venosa, right? In Cadaqués? Yes. Tell me a little bit about that experience that I missed out. I'm really pissed off about. Well, that was like, you know, like, like I was saying, you know, when you want to be part of an art movement, all of a sudden I'm with my favorite artist uh, in Spain under Robert Venosa, uh -huh. uh, Martina Hoffman. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was like a dream in itself. Super G's. It's like amazing, uh, uh, truly amazing. Yeah. And I, I can't even speak enough about it um, because... How was, long was that trip? I think it was a couple weeks there. Couple and weeks. And then we spent like a, all together, we spent a week in Barcelona. Okay. And we did a mural together at Ooh. this uh, uh, restaurant called Organic. Wow. Um, so uh, who was on that trip? Memory. Oh, my God. Okay. Chris Davidson, Luke Brown, Kerry Thompson, Jay Garcia, um, Chris Cooksey. Oh, wow. Um, Mango, uh, this um, girl artist from uh, uh, Australia. Okay. Very special. Um, so that's like I'm a, really bad like, with names and memory, but that's like, like a, even like an art, like a visionary art lineup that doesn't even happen too much. Chris Cooksey moved into lowbrow art. Mm -hmm. Chris Davidson, who was part of our interdimensional art shows, right? Well. But you know, at the beginning, they might have been part of the visionary scene, but then, like, say, Cooksey went to lowbrow. Chris Davidson now is a tattooer. Mm -hmm. Luke Brown's up in Bali, like you, you know, you hear him more out in Asia and Europe. Etc. He's know? becoming his on his own little cloud. Yeah, meditating. So you know, and then here's Ron Riagrana still repping out here in North America. Uh, how was learning under Venosa? Rest in peace. Was such a master. I I, I fucking love them. I, I was so honored to meet him in Hawaii at Alchemize and just do his one day workshop with uh martina hoffman who now lives in europe so like the energy has moved all around how he was, was he that was moment? really cool at first i didn't think that he liked me uh -huh. um you know people's energy but um no it ended up being a very um lovely brother for sure mm -hmm. um yeah I, so many memories with him i actually did ayahuasca with him <gasps> in, in brazil whoa um how so, did that happen? Via my friend Jay as well. He got you all. Uh, you guys go on a, some kind of psychedelic adventure. Yeah, I was late because I didn't know how to travel, uh, and I didn't know I needed a visa to get into Brazil. Uh, but uh, things were like happening really fast, so I got there late. So I had the uh, uh, double journeys like back to back because I came in late, and they're like, "Wow, we want you to experience this," and it was so intense and powerful. But it was a very bonding moment with Martina Hoffman and Robert Venosa on a deep level. Wow. And that's, that's when I really connected with him. I'm like, okay. That's legendary. Brothers. And he, he was looking through my sketches one night and said, um, you know what? I don't have to worry about you because I know that you're going to uh, keep drawing and keep doing artwork. Yeah. And I was like, thanks, Robert. Yeah. But in retrospect, he knew he was coming to an end. I didn't have a clue. We, we, we never knew. Yeah, I didn't have a clue. And what was his age back then? So this is like mid-2000s, I'm guessing, once again. He died 2011. I remember he died while I was doing my show at tri Gallery in Ukiah, right here where we are right now. And all of a sudden, we got the, the news that Rob Rivenosa died. And we had no idea he had cancer. And yeah. Jen and, and Mark Henson and all of us was like, 
Yeah. So they were going like, to the lake and we're jumping in a lake and we're just taking a day off to realize that we're still alive and to think about this and absorb it. So he must have been going through that dying process all along, oh, right? I think so. I think so. In retrospect, uh, a lot of things made sense because I never sometimes didn't understand his way of talking. And But in retrospect, I'm like, ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was learning from him, I was like kind of like picking his brain and being like, okay, so what's next for you, man? Like, you know, like, are you going to invent a new art style? Are you, and he was just kind of like, no, I'm just happy with what I'm doing. I just want to find a place where I can leave my paintings and chill them. And now I understand that he was just getting ready to rest and mm -hmm. he just wanted to expose the stuff he'd he doing. Really mm -hmm. He really loved us. He appreciated like, that he, a movement had he, come out uh, of what he, he did. He didn't want to be thought of as an elder. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be thought of as someone that belonged to our group. Right. Which yeah. was... Um, he was super cool. I, I loved meeting him even if briefly and... Uh, Give thanks and praises, Robert Venosa. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> you were part of this movement that's the roots of visionary art at a time where visionary art wasn't even a thing that people really understood. This is like, you know, early days of internet. Maybe you'd find a little bit of visionary art on Arrowhead webpage. Well, it would Maybe. come up and like uh, uh, visionary art was also people associated to never going to school. You know, like outsiders, outsiders, outside of society. And I didn't like any title. That's why I created the interdimensional art movement. Right. You don't like the visionary title. Well, I, I don't care and I, I enjoy using it now because mm -hmm. now I'm not attached or whatever. But back then when you're like a, uh, an artist and like uh, you want to be correct, you're like, everybody's a visionary artist. Uh, but we're very specific uh, in our, uh, um, however vague we may be, we're very specific kind of people. So we have to create something. And I, I created the interdimensional art movement to cure that aspect because uh, to me, the acronym is IAM. I am. Mm -hmm. It's based on the finite of yourself. Interdimensional art movement. Interdimensional art movement as a, a written thing mm -hmm. is Beautiful. infinite. You're not bound to any style or anything. You're infinite. It's just spirit channeling through you, whatever. To yeah. your you. And yeah. that's uh, one thing that I was speaking up in the beginning is a lot of people that are very spiritual and they want to become uh, part of a collective. They want to discard that part. And I never understand that. That is not, you have a human body for a reason. You know, uh, in my perspective, I may be wrong. I, and I'm okay with being wrong. But, uh, it's all opinions. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I have a body, I have a mind, and it's different than everybody else's. And mm -hmm. I notice every person the same. Right. When people ask me, like, what is visionary art, I'm like, well, I know what people, people, I, I know what people <laughs> think what visionary art is. It's this, like, spiritual, mystical, metaphysical art movement. But when I've gone deep on ayahuasca and I've connected... And I ask, what is ayahuasca art, you know, which is a kind of visionary art. And it's like, it's everything. There's nothing that's not spiritual as long as you're doing it through spirit. Like exactly. You can do that's a boring Bob Ross landscape. Who, who, who is not a visionary artist? Yeah. No, anybody. That's a better who, question. Right. Anybody <laughs> who expresses a soul manifesting into the Even if it's a replication. Right. That's who they are. Totally. Um... So, regardless of titles. But, but, 
Let's go back to the importance of language, though. People <laughs>、okay. really relate to that.、Uh-huh. So I, cre- I, so I give it credit.、Yeah. I give it credit because why not use it? If people are going to connect to it, why not use it?、And、it's what's if, understood. If you, if you get their attention, then really share your soul. It's a platform more yeah, than anything. You know,、100%. like when I say, like I don't go off and say, like, "Hey, I'm a visionary artist." That's but, not my vision. No, but like when you say, like, "Oh yeah, I'm being a part of the visionary artist,"、uh, blah blah blah. Uh, they understand what you're trying to tell them because they might be part of a scene that has an understanding of what that's supposed to be. And you got to give credit to that. That's an amazing accomplishment. It's a beautiful thing, you know. It's art that relates to psychedelics and soul and spirituality. The North American flavor of it is more positive and uplifting and about evolution. So it's not like a negative, bad thing. And and you know, all, all thanks for、that's, these platforms that who that have helped us. One hundred percent. Totally. So. Being that you were part of the roots of this movement, and now we're in 2022, and this movement, this visionary scene, is now kind of cool, and it doesn't have 10 to 15 artists; it has hundreds to thousands、worldwide. of artists worldwide. Worldwide, it's very popular. It, there's not a festival that doesn't have a visionary art gallery. <laughs>、uh, you know, live painters at so many events.、Uh, big lineup, maybe a little bit competitive, maybe a little bit of too, you know, hype. There's a it, lot of it, hype. It, it easily has become same thing with the DJs, same thing with the things. And I say DJ because it's a classical title. But in the beginning, I'll use this as an example. In the beginning, we、uh, we had a DJ because we were taking the ego out of the band. You don't go to like a, a, a show and you're nodding your head to rock and roll music. As much as I love rock and roll music, it's a thing, right? But our soul was calling out for more of an experience for my individual, not to look up to somebody. So the DJ comes in and like takes the ego out of the band、mm-hmm. and starts mixing music that isn't even theirs on、mm-hmm. some level.、Mm-hmm. So that's a part of it, right? And、uh, that allowed us to explore our our individuality.、Um, But then, as time goes on, these DJs become glorified, and it becomes super、the、ego. Super ego. <laughs> so that's like what I'm seeing with the、uh, visionary art movement too. But you can't blame that because human consciousness,、um, once it catches on, there's a, a larger group of people catching on. So when someone rises, there's a lot more people focused on that. So you automatically create that popularity. And that's something that we have to be very careful about, you know. Do you think in this new era of visionary art, where superstars are made and there's a big scene and there's money and there's galleries and there's events, a little bit of the soul that originally was held in those original days? In the original days, it wasn't about the money. There was no money. The people were just like, "We got this thing. We're sharing it." We want to help create a blueprint for the world to become more beautiful. Your beautiful child and wife.、Um, talking of which, and now it's a cool thing, and there's money, and there's scenes. Do you think the soul's being lost, or do you think the soul is still running through it all? But we just have to overcome the egos that might pop up to be like, "Well, I want to be the new this and that." Well,、whatnot. you know, we have to. This is very important because there more and more people are connecting to us. We are becoming more and more people.、Mm. 
Mm -hmm. So a lot of the influence is coming from a uh, multiplicity of backgrounds. And that's why we have to be really strong and not succumb to the uh, external uh, reflections and really be uh, true to ourselves, which is not very easy, especially if you are put in that uh, position of being popular. It's really easy to lose yourself because then all of a sudden you're amidst the reflection of you. And you accept this because why not? You're, that's who you're like. That's uh, you're you in a flattering hall of mirrors. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, but that's where we have to. You and I and our special friends and whoever's listening to this opportunity is. We're here to really weave our consciousness together and really be true to ourselves and really honor ourselves because uh, it's really easy to lose ourselves and then try and like replicate this feeling, and that's when we lose it. There's nothing to replicate other than to really enjoy yourself. Because that's what we're all here to do is really enjoy ourselves. And that's the one thing I, I see uh, people lose when they achieve a certain status. They start to lose enjoying themselves. Like my child in the background. That's something that we have to really nurture. Uh, because that's what we're really searching after. Um, and you may become rich. Or you may manifest this stuff. And you may swindle... Uh, uh, a large population to believe in you in that but what did you do yeah is it true to your soul it to your wasn't true to the purpose? initial vision that got you there right uh you were just trying to sustain it mm -hmm. and uh what are we chasing here yeah and there's nothing we should be chasing and that's we a, can manifest anything we want but once again if it's aligned with the initial principle and, and intention of helping humanity through our service, I think it's all pure. And may the abundance flow. May we all be fucking swimming in richnesses and blessings, but we also here to give, not just to take. Well, one of the things that you're making me think of, which is a really profound thing, and uh, it's uh, relationships. Relationships are very challenging. Um, Humans uh, are tricky. Very tricky. <laughs> uh, you know, we love each other. And then we project these things between us and then things change and then we're heartbroken. Why are we heartbroken? You're not broken. Your perception is broken. That's why you're feeling that you externalized your attachment into this thing that isn't real in the first place. That's never real. And we have to learn uh, how to be within ourselves and empower ourselves in the relationship and nurture the other person to be themselves. Oftentimes we fabricate this thing between us and that's one of the first things that is wrong and uh, We all are succumbed to that because we we fall in love with each other. So we'll do whatever um, But no You are a divine individual. You are a divine You are the only divine individual Well each and one of us. That's it. Exactly. Okay. That's all and if so, we're blessed to um, experience that with a lover or a community or whatever, um, uh, you, we can't lose ourselves. Like goes back to the beginning of what I was saying, the collective. You can't give your soul up to the collective. You mm -hmm. should be empowered by the collective to be yourself. Right. And then that, that yourself is an offering to the collective. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're taking it for yourself. Yeah, you're sharing yourself so others can also be themselves. Um, so in this new version or new uh, era of visionary art, once again, uh, wh where do you think you fit in? Because like, say, back in the day at the beginnings, you were like, you know, one of the top five of the lineup. 
and perhaps these days there's just so many that maybe the name has fallen off the charts but like does that even matter is that your intention are you always going to be of service regardless of like being part of the who's who's of uh, of of any scene you know and i hope this is not a like a like a i love this like, question okay i cool. love it um it's it everything is infinite the world is an illusion and i don't want to sound too spiritual or anything because i also lack it, uh, it, i fall prey to darkness and i'll lose myself for years and years um but at the end it doesn't change who we are to each other so we have to be really true especially if we're dedicating ourselves to art mm -hmm. we have to allow ourselves to go through that the disattachment uh, we can't feel like we don't belong even though we will and that's part of the experience but in reality that's not true um, for the people that understand what i'm talking about it's our duty to explore and express this with each other because if you're a real artist this is what you're wanting and if we like learn the language uh, about what we're talking about the stronger we can be for each other and 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 create a, a, a an expression for humanity because each soul deserves to experience that and uh falling out of the rhythms uh like john lennon says i'm just watching the wheels go round and round mm -hmm. um what a beautiful soul, right? Right, he and that's a great it. reflection because that was a time of his life, that particular song and that particular record. He had been part of the Beatles, the <laughs> biggest band of the world, and he was over it. He said, you know what? I just want to like live my little family life. I just want to be private and hide a little bit and do my thing. Like We will never not be ourselves. We will never not do visionary art or our service it doesn't matter if you're like this or that for a scene or the spotlight but these are things that people care well, about you no, know and we are humans you know i have desires we all do okay and i have desires in what you're talking about and i still see myself part of that mm -hmm. uh, you asked me about the projects that i want to work on uh, some of those projects are are based on what we're talking about uh, one of them is uh, i um when you look at me uh, as an artist or when people look at me as an artist they expect to know my painting or my maybe poetry uh, or whatever expression but that isn't cutting it these days um, as an artist uh, we're much more than that so my my focus now is not to be glorified necessarily but to help um, create a platform to express the trueness of an artist. Because, um, you know, a lot of people get interviewed or they have um, websites or they have um, uh, personas. Uh, they all fall short to the multiplicity of who we are. Mm -hmm. So we're really having to develop a new um, language to express this, uh, this mode of being. It's not that we're creating anything new, we're just needing to expand the language of this presence we are realizing more and more what we really are exactly and it blows your mind it blows your mind but we have technology now that's uh, reaching new levels and we can teach these uh, uh, um, this technology to express who we really are or better because we're infinite we're always going to be ahead of technology um, but we can train technology to further explore the multiplicity of who we are Mm -hmm. 
well, may we realize who we are, technology or not. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your art. One, I'm gonna make you two questions, one, and you can just roll with it. And yeah, there's your second beer there if you want to. <laughs> um, what's your main mediums of expression? And what is the subject matter of your expression? I've thought about this too much. <laughs> uh, ultimately, my, my trip is to... Um, I, when I want a person to view my artwork, um, my ego says, look how, what cool thing I can draw. That is, that's definitely true. I want to express my, my personality. Well, you want to make it look beautiful and cool but, and you want it, people to like it. That's normal and that's totally. not, that shouldn't be a bad thing. No, it isn't. And I love that because that's who I am and I want to share myself. Mm -hmm. But I've meditated on that for a long time and I realized that what I really want is someone to explore themselves. That's the power of art. You know, like, oh, you're questioning things. What is this? Who are they? What are these big-eyed individuals? Why are they making love? Why is it all fractaled out that way? And these questions uh, spawn thoughts. And that's, that's the root of my true desire with art. Mm -hmm. It seems like uh, a lot of your paintings almost like a celebration of life, but from a spiritual perspective. Like the party at the end of time. That, I was going to say, uh, that was the first vision I was going to say, because after I go through all of that, then you create your, your myth or your belief or your vision or your, your, your de uh, desire or your belief. And my belief is I'm on the quest to the eternal party at the end of time. What does that mean? Well, uh, Tribe 13 and uh, Interdimensional Art Movement are all based on this vision that I received that I feel like I went to the future. I actually, um, I, I know it sounds weird, and I don't want to uh, uh, sound... There's nothing weird in this show, man. Um, but I became enlightened, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, you had a moment of Satori. Yes, yes. And then I, I was everything at once, right? And then I, I, was, I, I, I was able to sustain it. And then I realized that um, the important part is to come out of that enlightenment just a little bit where the uh, reflection of each other still exists. And that's what uh, taught me about interdimensional existence. And I was able to uh, come out of enlightenment and experience an interdimensional existence. And I was able to bridge uh, multidimensional uh, dimensions physically within my body. So that's different than enlightenment. Enlightenment is all of it at once and there's no nothing. There's right? no time and space. There's, there, there's no that. self. There's the, or, or for the sake of uh, words, because no words can express. It's oneness. But coming out of uh, pulling it back just a little bit um, be before enlightenment is what I call interdimensional existence. Mm -hmm. And that's Moving where I created the interdimensional art movement is to try and express that because the importance of that is uh, we as artists, and I say artists, as humanity. We as humans are here to express the acceptance of the multiplicity that is. And it's a very basic thing. I'm not saying anything new, but we've yet to really achieve that. We're way, uh, uh, we're far from that. So you have all these uh, uh, non-binary beings. You have these issues with gender. I, I laugh 
because of course it's more splitting as yeah. opposed to more uniting well no i like um it's not splitting it's you it's union in my eyes it's like of course okay people are, are 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 questioning all this stuff and they're like recognizing the that this is not who we are okay gotcha it's very important so non-binary is more uniting because it's neither it's everything you know i've talked to some people and they're so stuck in their thing that i don't actually relate to some people like i don't relate to males or females uh so i um i think we're all like we're trying to figure it out yeah. but to me as a symptom it makes sense that we're questioning this. I, I, I get that. I guess like when it comes to um, sexual definitions, it just seems like there's more and more categories being brought up and just seems like more things to keep us separated. Well, you're this and you're no, that and well, you're that and you're that. You have a point yeah. because uh, uh, we're, 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 um, humanity is trying to interpret through the external. Mm-hmm. But what we're tapping into is that we're not the external. So we're trying to figure it out. We're like, I'm not male. I'm not female. And to tell you the truth, you know, when I told you I was, I, I became enlightened. Mm-hmm. The first thing that happened that out of enlightenment, I noticed I had a penis. Mm-hmm. It shocked me. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I understand where, what people are saying. Totally get yeah. it. Because uh, when I go on deep ayahuasca trips, sometimes I'm a woman. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling the womanness in me. Mm-hmm. And I'm fully a man. And, uh, you know, like, and, and, and that, that's my code in this physical dualistic realm. But in the oneness dimension, interdimensional thing, it, it, I can it, also be a woman and really infinite, relish in totally. that vibe and what a celebration of love you're and an femininity. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So that's your subject matter. What about the materials? You're a drawer first and a painter I've, second, or what? What? How I've do you always been yourself? a drawer, yes. And um, uh, I love to paint, and um, yeah, I, I acrylic is my main subject. Uh, but you use airbrush a lot, right? I, I use airbrush a lot, and that was a uh, part of my uh, uh, b-boy action. Okay. Because uh, the reason why I say that is like, it's kind of not true. But uh, when I was 13 years old, I went to San Jose and my uh, cousins were breakdancing and they were like, they, they, they saw me draw and they knew that I liked to draw. And they said, oh, you should check this out. You should draw things like this. And they, were, uh-huh. and they opened me up to... Uh, Hip hop culture. Yeah. And then I, I started, and, uh, as cheesy as this sounds, I saw a heart spray painted and a white highlight on the heart to make it look round. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with that highlight. And um, ever since then, I, uh, I, I got turned on to um, airbrush and, and I, uh, I just, yeah, that's the beginning of it is uh, the hip hop uh, uh, graffiti uh, roots that inspired my airbrush action. Nice. Tell me about your erotic art. You like to express your sexuality. Well, I consider it as, uh, as uh, an issue, an wow. issue with humanity. Okay. Uh, because sometimes we make it uh, the most natural things taboo. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's something that we have to just uh, get comfortable with and recognize the beauty of, of, of our sexuality because we all come from this. And it's such a powerful um, symbol um, of everything. So I'm... 
in love with that symbol and it's a very passionate thing and like um you can't deny the beauty of of nature mm-hmm. and however you relate to it you want to interact with it uh, and if you don't it's it's an issue it's a problem it's sad if that's um, cut off yeah. yeah so you're a sexual i'm not saying you have to be uh sexual or it does i'm not saying it has to be a certain way uh but it's a very symbolic to our connection with each other because like right now you and i we're making love oh yes it's very uh, it, it's it, it's the same it's the same we are truly making love oh we're, we're all Yes. <laughs> just fucking with you. <laughs> but I don't care. But what, the reason why I bring that up is that we're we're truly meshing our vibration, but we're being uh, resonant to who we are. You're you're you know I'm uh, attracted to you as an artist, and I'm exploring you as an artist, and I, that's making love. Uh, sexuality is a symbol of what you and I are doing right now. Mm-hmm. But more a physical expression in your case between a man and a woman. That's a symbol. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like to express this. Do you feel there's a double standard in these days where now that the women goddess side of the equation of humanity is being empowered and be like, yes, women express your sexuality, go out and show it all off. Meanwhile, the men who've been the villains of, of society forever, um, not us, but other people perhaps i don't know um do you feel if a man expresses it it's seen in a more dirty pervy kind of creepy way uh do you think there's that observation of society and you know what's what's your observation as a man that likes to express sexuality through your art well i think what you're talking about is why i did art Uh, erotic art in the first place I think these uh, you know, these thoughts are a waste of time um, because there's much more pertinent issues and the reason why we're exploring these ideas is because we've made these things taboo so we're having to uh, uh, experience uh, the infinite uh, the control the sacrifice the all the all, all the things about it Uh, um, we're having to um, experience and understand. But all of those things are, are a waste of our time, in my perspective. Mm-hmm. But I believe they should be celebrated. What's a waste of, of our time? To divide ourselves and to say to that one like, kind of sexuality is, is bad and one sexuality is yeah, good? Or why or... should you have to judge uh, someone? Or why you have to... Ex- um, uh, uh, all those subjects are due to us um, not being open in the first place. Mm-hmm. So once we're open... Um, we're just expressing love through physicality. Yeah, and then, and then uh, 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 nature will find its balance. It's, mm-hmm. our, it's our human consciousness that reacts to it and tries to control. As long as it's all done with respect and consent and oneness and proper love or physical expression shouldn't be a negative thing regardless of which sex it's infinite it's infinite so roman uh would you consider yourself a rasta you and me used to have dreads we don't have dreads anymore uh but do you still carry the rasta vibe in you forever and ever but i've always been connected to it on a real level 
the interdimensional art movement and the tribe 13 thing and the Rasta thing and the Christian thing and the Buddhist thing and all those things are, are one in my mind. Um, so yes. And it doesn't uh, really matter what hair we no, carry. Well, or not. I've always loved, uh, the reason why I love that I was, I, I would always go to experience, um, uh, Rasta people and some of them are like really heavy and I would love that. I would like, I would like the conflict. And as soon as they started talking, like um, one thing is more deserving than another thing. Mm. I'm like, well, first and foremost is, what do you think I and I means? Let's yeah. get to the point. And as soon as you can take it there, you can't judge another person. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why I bring that up is like, people that believe themselves to belong to a certain thing and they see themselves as separate than other things, I'm sorry, you don't understand. You lost I don't the care oneness. your lineage. I don't care. The race. Uh, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I love you. I love myself. So one you soul. Are, yeah. I love it. I, be, I, I really appreciate that about you, Roman, because like, you just kind of like get it. You, you, you've gone past the veil. You've brought back gifts that you know enriching your life and enriching the lives of whoever um you know observe your art and expression so yeah thanks for for sharing that right now how do you observe the state of humanity it's very crucial for us to have this conversation because i feel like the artists have a voice and right now if we step up and i really mean it to all of us that are listening to the artists that are recognizing themselves as artists is that um, we are gifted right now with this possibility to express our, our authoritative voice of being ourself because there's a lot of hurt going on in the world. And most of this hurt I know is from separation. People don't feel connected uh, uh, for many reasons. And most people know by now it's like a common dialogue. We are starting to understand this. Uh, and I really believe that understanding this is empowering the art of the world. Because uh, a true human is an artist. A true human is needing to express themselves. So if we look around at all the beautiful flowers, all the beautiful trees, they're expressing and ex uh, uh, um, unfolding themselves. And we look around, we see people that are unhealthy. They're not unfolding themselves. They're not expressing themselves. They're not accepted as themselves. So we have a, a really crucial time right now where art can speak to this. And right now, I feel like if we clearly learn the language to be able to express this, we will be the most empowered group of people that ever existed because we are humanity. Mm -hmm. Well, Terrence McKenna said it, you know, the best that, you know, art is so important for us to really come back to that state of, of oneness you know art seems like oh well what's art a painting on the wall what does it's that being a matter? cashier you know right exactly it's being art's a not like a it's painting being a bus driver right or a janitor that cleans that toilet really good 100 percent. yeah presence or, presence or, is the key or a, or a family maker a presence yeah just being here now understanding that we're god manifesting through the physical realm trying to bring as much love and good vibes as we can do you think we will make it as humanity? Do we you already think... have. Okay. We're judging ourselves once again with that question to the external. Okay. Well, 
I know what you're getting at. It's a, it's a tricky time, you know? Yeah. Like, right now, it seems like we're fighting. There's a I know what you're issues, getting at. There's yeah. economic... But that's, of... the, that's the thing. That's what makes our art. We already made it. Okay. Beautiful. By believing in that, we will actually create it. That's, that's the art that you do. Uh-huh. Do you believe in your art? I do believe in Do you in do it. it all the time? I love it. You're, I, I you're can't there. stop it. You're, 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 may I be? Uh, may I end up in an apocalyptic cave? I will still draw on the walls of that cave and be happy as long as my life remains. And when I depart from this physical vessel, I'll go back to oneness in infinity, eternity, and give thanks for the bliss of experiencing, you know, what we came here to observe. Exactly, <laughs> and that and that's what every human being deserves. And that's why I believe that you're important. Thank you, and man. Artists are important. You're because, important too. Because we're here to um, give that reflection to a human being, mm -hmm. and that's the people that support you. So I'm gonna bring back the party at the end of time. What does that mean? Like, is time gonna end at some point? Like, is uh, are we gonna enter eternity outside yes. of time and space? Uh, sure, whatever language you want to use. But yeah, I think that uh, uh, well, as we're talking about it in this new age, I would like to say, uh, yes, it's like we're uh, at a dance party and your ticket in is your expression of yourself, is your offering. You know, that's, that's what's making this uh, happen. And you're the gift that you're giving and that's the, the access key to this eternal party. Mm -hmm. But I'm not the only person expressing this, uh, the Egyptians. You know, where, where they have the symbols in the pyramids of this afterlife. I, always, I, I don't call it the afterlife. I call it the after party. Ah, uh, I like it. It's true. All the inscriptions are gifted to us. And one of the, the things that I experienced on my enlightenment before is I was in the pyramid as a pharaoh with the garb. I experienced this um, very interesting experience. I actually, I was hanging out with uh, 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 mid, uh, 90 two-ish, four-ish, with these beautiful kids that would do speed all the time. Mm -hmm. I never did speed. Mm -hmm. But they loved me. Mm -hmm. They always give me gifts. And they're like, hey, we're playing records all night. And I, would, and I loved acid. They didn't love acid because they were, they were on speed. Mm -hmm. So they would give me, bring me back the acid. And they're like, here, they'd dose me. And they, they would want me to paint all night while they do their thing with the music. Uh, there was one time I got so freaking high and I was with these people on speed and they were like my engine for my consciousness. Mm -hmm. And then there, there was this little room that they, they didn't smoke pot, but they knew I smoked pot. So they gifted me all these kind herb that people would trade for whatever they were doing, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, we don't smoke this, but here, you can smoke it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm going to take a break, you guys. And then there was, in this record store, there was this little room that had stairs. And it would go into nowhere. Mm. Because it got blocked off and they made a different uh, uh, business upstairs, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it looked like a, a, a pyramid. Mm. Like, and then blocked off, like, mysterious, right? Mm. It's like there's a secret portal door totally, here dude. if you can transverse physicality. So I was all like, really... One night I was really super high and I went in there, I closed the door and I went in there to smoke. And as I lit my smoke, the, 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 oh wait, I, I lit some incense and then the incense started spinning like this and it turned into scarabs mm. and the scarabs turned into like a rainbow winged scarabs. 
and it flew into the sky. And I looked up and the, and the uh, ceiling um, opened up and became the sky and the scarab went up. And then after I caught on what I was seeing, everything melted back down and it was hieroglyphs around mm. me. And I was wearing a, a, a pharaoh outfit. Wow. And this word interdimensional came in. That was the beginning of the mm. interdimensional thing. And um, Wow, you were to to totally tapping into that past life. I did it multiple times, mm. uh, but that was one of the first times. And, I, and, and then I came out of there and I was like, whoa, that's like profound. So the party at the end of time is once we've achieved oneness past the world of the duality, physicality we're living right now. Well, it goes really deep. Uh, the earth will turn into a 12-pointed star. This is where Tribe 13 comes from. Tribe 13 is the unified uh, uh, light that uh, is brought forth from the 12 um, centers of, of the earth. Beautiful. I've had uh, uh, definitely deep ayahuasca ceremonies where I've gotten outside of time and space and we're already at the end of all of this thing, whatever's happening here that lasts billions of years. And we're like high-fiving ourselves inside ourselves. It's like, oh, I was Chris, I was Roman, I was the girlfriends in all these different lives. And we had all these things and we did it and we lived it and we suffered and we enjoyed and we experienced life as God wanted to us. That's right to, before enlightenment. Right. Like right before enlightenment. Right, and that's enlightenment why, is just be going back to the oneness of everything, which is undescribable. And that's why I came up with this uh, poem. It's uh, "Make no resistance to an interdimensional existence. Bad thoughts collide with the physical shell we ride. So glide with a good vibe and be part of the harmonic tribe. Thirteen, if you know what I mean. Make the unseen seen." Yeah, <laughs> love you, Roman. Thank you. I think I'm gonna leave it at that note. It's been a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much for having me over your home and having this uh, great talk. I love you. I love you too. Yeah. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, it really is a, a light upon us. Try um, my best, man. <laughs> I'm just being yourself. Yeah. Which is amazing, right? It's, uh, it's a journey. <laughs> and thank you guys also for tuning in to Chris Dyer's Creative Friends. Yes. Please make sure to like comment subscribe share do all the button thingies that make this show reach more people and let more people know about these great beautiful artists that are here to share their magic with us until the next time have a good one blessings lots of love <laughs> yes, yeah man next episode my guest will be phil lewis if you are trying to make art, you're trying to do anything creative, there's the tendency for this thing to say, oh, this isn't good enough. Like, oh, this kind of sucks. I'm not good. Like, uh, people aren't going to like this or whatever. And that is really the only thing that's going to stop you, really. Like, if you, yeah, if you believe in yourself and you, you're not doubting what it is you're going to do, you will find a way to do it. And so that, that I mean, that really helped me when I was younger. I just try it every time something creeps in, I'm just like, oh, that's self-doubt. Get it out of there. No self-doubt. Like, do not doubt it. If I believe it, do it. So please make sure to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Big thanks, and see you next episode. Peace.